Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. This is Philippians 1.20. He will be magnified in our lives, church. No matter what, this is what Paul said. This is what Paul said after he had his Damascus Road experience, not before. He said this after. Paul said, I am not chained to sin any longer. My chains are in Christ. In other words, bondservants of the Lord, fully yielded and unashamed. <laughs> of God's move, unashamed of his presence, unashamed of him. Bondservants, so I'm a bondservant of the Lord. But before he said these radical words, his life had to be turned upside down as the light of the Lord literally blinded him, literally. Not just a spiritual blindness, but a literal blindness. Saul of Tarsus, a story of redemption. It was a story of redemption. That's why I said no one is beyond the saving grace of the Lord. No one. I don't care how bad bad looks. No one is beyond the saving grace of the Lord. Father, I pray right now that that is burned in their spirit, man, oh God. That they would leave with this understanding, Lord God, that you are a God of redemption. The story of redemption in your lives and in the lives that you stand and pray for. See, Saul of Tarsus was a man who could see physically, yet he was blind. And you know some of those people. And at one point, we too were those people. There are many who can see physically, yet they're blind to the love of God that wants to break in and break through that individual. They're blind when it comes to the things of the Spirit. They're blind. They're blind to the love of God. They're blind. There are many who can see physically, yes, but blinded to the love of God. Yet there is a blindness that leads to sight when the scales fall off. Isn't that what's needed? The scales need to fall off. Let every scale fall off of our loved ones right now. Oh, God, let every scale, let every place of limitation, every place, we command the spiritual blinders to come off of them right now, to be removed from them in the name of Jesus, and for the light of Christ to transform them. Hallelujah. So Saul of Tarsus, he went from hating Christians to becoming one of the greatest Christian influencers. He went, he, like, total, complete transformation, right? Like, hatred, hatred, pulling innocent men and women out of their homes simply because they worshiped Jesus. Pulling them, innocent people, out of their homes. Why? So that he can put them in prison. Mm-mm-mm-mm. God can use anyone. God can turn any life around. Don't you stop praying. He was, he was 
breathing murderous threats against the disciples. And in his persecution of Christians, he was really opposing Christ. When they persecute you, they're really just opposing Christ. He was a well-studied man, full of knowledge, was he not? He was full of knowledge, which puffs up, but he was void of love, which builds up. The Antichrist, uh, his Antichrist spirit, full of zeal, but full of hatred for Jesus and for anyone who would, who would profess their allegiance to Christ. Wow, that's the Antichrist spirit, all right. And that Antichrist spirit is still roaming around. Thank you, Lord, because you've placed us here on earth for such a time as this. He doesn't fill you up with dunamis power just so that you can have a feel-good service. He fills you up with dunamis power so that you have boldness and you have wisdom and so that you stand for truth no matter who isn't. That's why. He heals you, of course. He restores things, of course. But there's a purpose unto this, and this purpose is lived out there. You're being strengthened in here to live with purpose out there, right? So for some that think, well, that's a show, it's like just, a, they're so wrong. Just bless them and keep moving on and pray for them because they need what they don't understand. So his studies led him to learn a lot, but in reality, he knew nothing at all. You know, you got people that know so much, but the letter of the law kills, but the spirit gives life. If you're taking notes, that's 2 Corinthians 3, 6. The spirit gives life. The letter of the law, it's going to kill, but the spirit, ah, gives life. To know the law without the love of God, it brings, it brings death. It brings, it brings religious pride. But to know the word of God and the spirit of God brings truth and it brings freedom. And that's what we're all about. We're about both, right? So let's turn our Bibles to Acts 9. Because this is the confrontation before the turnaround. Acts 9. And I'm going to read it to you from the word. Because he was full of stubborn idolatry. As he was on his way to Damascus to arrest more Christians. When he had that holy, holy confrontation with the one that he was persecuting. Acts 9, starting in verse 3. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. He was on his way to do wicked things. But as he was on his way, bent to rebel, bound and bent to do his way, opposite of the Spirit of God, there was a light suddenly. Don't you love the suddenlies of God? The suddenlies of God. There was a sudden turnaround. Suddenly a light all around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice and that voice said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. It's a pointed piece of wood that, that would, would literally just be poked into a stubborn ox to get it to go in the direction it's supposed to go. You don't want to have to have that done. You don't want to have that. You want to come with humility and submission. Well, 
Saul needed a bit more at the moment. He, and so in verse 6, it says here, so he was trembling and astonished. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said, arise and go into a city and it will be told for you what to do. The men who journeyed with him, they stood speechless because they heard the voice too. They didn't see anyone, but they heard the voice. And then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But he knows that he, he knew that he knew what he heard. But he saw no one. And they led him by the hand, and they brought him into Damascus. And there he was, three days, without sight. And neither did he eat, nor did he drink. I want you to go back to verse 5. When he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's, it is hard for you to kick against the goats. You know, stubborn, bent on doing his will, religious pride is idolatry. Stubbornness is as idolatry, church. And you know, there's so many I will hear that will say, well, I'm just stubborn. As if they're priding themselves in this. Have you heard it too? Well, I'm just stubborn. Oh my goodness. You have no idea what you're saying. Well, I'm just rebellious. Have you not heard anyone say that? But the word has something to say about that. First Samuel 15, and in verse 22, it says here, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed better than the fat of rams. Verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. There it is. Rebellion is likened unto witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Stubbornness is is the sin of idolatry, church, which you're literally breaking the Ten Commandments. Idolatry and rebellion. Don't ever, ever associate with something maybe you used to do. There was a day that you were rebellious and there was a day that you were full of idolatry, but that cannot be you now. You know too much. You've been transformed in his presence. And so Saul knew what he knew because he was taught from the best. But he was taught the law, void of the spirit. And it produced a religious pride. And when religious pride is living on the inside of you, it kills the move of the spirit for you. You would be the one that misses out. God wants to move in you and through you in great ways, but you can't allow this thing that creeps up and tries to rob you of everything God wants to give you. Does this make sense? Am I speaking to anyone tonight? Oh, it's subtle, church. It's so subtle. But the more that you spend time in the secret place, saying, oh, God, soften my heart. Show me the truth. I want to walk firmly in your word. And I want to walk so in sync with your heart 
that it doesn't matter if someone understands or likes it. I just want all of you, Lord. I want fully, I want to fully, fully be saturated in you, God. Because we truly do just have one life to live for him. We truly do. We just have one life here on earth. We will live eternally, of course, forever with him. But here on earth, we will have one life. Don't waste it. When we didn't know, we didn't know. See, he was zealous because he thought he knew. But God had to literally blind him. He had to literally surround him with the light of heaven. Now, we talk about the light of heaven, and we love the radiance of God. We're like, oh, let the light of your countenance just shine upon us, oh God. Let us radiate your glory. But what if he was to blind you? It's a different kind of a light, different purpose. It's the same light, just different purpose. He only blinded him because he needed to speak to him. He only blinded him because it was the only way to reach him, because he thought he knew too much. He thought he knew it all. It's called pride. But you know, God is good. He's faithful. And no one is beyond the saving grace of the Lord. No one. Not your children. Not those that you've been praying for. Not your spouse. No, no one. Say no one is beyond the saving grace of the Lord. And we will continue to stand in the, in the gap and we'll continue to pray for that suddenly turnaround and it shall come to pass. You know that he became one of the greatest Christian missionaries and we know that he wrote most of the, of the New Testament, right? This man that had to be blinded for three days, didn't eat, didn't, didn't do anything, but just like be, had to be led around by, by the hand. God had an assignment. God wanted to use him mightily. We don't need to go to such extremes, do we? In order for the Lord to get our attention? No, the better way is to say, oh my gosh, Lord, search this heart and say it daily. Lord, give me clean hands and say it daily. Lord, if there's anything that is not pleasing in my life, Father, make me aware of it. If I'm unaware, make me aware. Because I don't want to walk like that. I want to walk knowing that I please you. Day and night. We don't just sing the song. Day and night, night and day, make me a house of prayer. We want to live it. We want to live it, God. We want to live it. So show us the areas that we grieve you, Lord. So before the confrontation, there was that turnaround, that moment when God had the light had to be so strong that it literally blinded him. Got his attention, though, didn't it? It got his attention. Whatever is required, Father. Do you ever pray that? Oh, I've prayed that so many times for myself and then for others. Lord, whatever is required. And I mean whatever. Whatever is required, you have my yes. When you know the love of God and you have been so entwined, intertwined with his spirit, you can, pray, you can pray that confidently because you truly are sold out that whatever means whatever and you truly will be okay with it. And until then, you probably won't pray that prayer. Until then, you'll wait. And that's okay because God will work with you as well because he's good, he's patient, he's kind, and he'll draw you. He'll draw you. He'll, he'll teach you how to trust him more and more because that's really bottom line, isn't it? To trust him, to trust his word because he is good. Some of you need to separate from people that are literally drawing you away from him. 
Some of you remember, oh, you remember that you used to be close to the Lord, but there's some influences in your life that need to go. And you'd be wise to ask the Lord, who are these influences? Because I don't want, I don't want anything that's going to separate me from the love of God. So he had his suddenly experience. We know that eventually, yes, he was, his sight was restored. We know that he ended up writing so much of the New Testament. But I want you to turn to Acts 22. Because you know what? In a couple different places in the word, he, he recounted his testimony. So look at um, Acts 22. And in verse 6, because you know what? You are to recount your testimony as well. You are to tell people what God has done. And in verse 6 of Acts 22, he said, Now it happened, as I journeyed and I came near Damascus, at about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me, and I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me, indeed, they saw the light and they were afraid. But they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. They saw the light. They just didn't hear the, the voice. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And he said, arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all Things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see, <laughs> since I could not see for the glory of that light being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came to Damascus. Since I could not see, because the glory of that light was blinding. I went where God was telling me to go. I submitted. I surrendered. Like that song, I surrender all. For some of you, tonight was a moment of surrender. <laughs> you know, some things had to be surrendered. For some, it's good. And for others, you just got the Holy Ghost, fire of God, the glory of God, more boldness upon you. There's healing. So many things that happened. But it takes a yielding, a yielding to the Lord. This is what we're talking about. Salvation is unto all that will receive Jesus. God doesn't exclude, it doesn't eliminate for those that are willing to come to receive Christ. Now he's recounting his testimony. And he'll continue. You'll read in the word how he continues to recount the testimony. Are you? It is important to share your testimonies, not just the testimony of when you got saved. Of course, you can recount that, but all the testimonies. Every day you have a testimony. You have a testimony that you're here, that you're alive, that you're, you're awake, that you're in Christ. You have a testimony that you have breath to give glory and praise and honor to your king. You have a testimony. You have a testimony that you know God hears your prayers. You have a testimony of his faithfulness. We sing about his faithfulness a lot because he is faithful. Um, in Acts 26, again, he recounts his, his testimony. Acts 26 and in verse 12, it says, While thus occupied as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, you know, every time you tell your testimony, as you can already see in both of these testimonies, there's some 
more information that's given, you know? And that's true, isn't it? Even when you tell your testimony sometimes, it'll come out different. Why? Because you're exaggerating? I mean, it might be. I hope not. But most likely, I mean, God reveals more to you. You remember more. Like, it just becomes more and more solidified what God has done. Now, if you never share your testimony, it's like you, you don't remember the depths of what God has done, or at least you couldn't articulate it. So it's important that you share your testimony, all of them, your testimonies, because every time you do, God will remind you of his faithfulness in your life. And you become more on fire because you see God's hand on your life. You go, my goodness, you've never left me. My goodness, just as your word says, you've never left me. You've never left me. You never will leave me. You will never forsake me. You're good all the time. So he continues to say his testimony. And he says, a, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. Verse 14, and when we had had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Arise and stand to your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things of which you have seen and of the things that I will yet reveal to you. A minister and a witness of the things you've seen and the things that I'm going to reveal. God is the same church yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to make you a minister and a witness of the things that he has shown you already and the things that he is still yet to reveal yes. to us. Amen. There's more for every one of you. Yes. And you're ministers of reconciliation. And the word is very clear about this, isn't it? So are you going to share your testimonies with anyone and all that is willing to hear? So important. So important. Are you going to continue to pray for those unsaved loved ones? Because you know the grace of God in your life. And you know the grace of God, just period. And you know that God wants to rescue them from the demonic strongholds that have gripped them. And you are the minister. You are the witness. You are the one that God wants to work through. Are you willing? Not just willing to get filled with the glory and the fire of God, which is incredible and we love it. But we were willing to take those steps of faith and to risk. Sometimes it feels like a risk, it's, it's, but it's faith. And to say what we need to say and to do what we need to do and to be where we need to be and to hear what we need to hear. Oh, God, open up our hearing. Open up our eyes. Open up, oh God, our understanding. Give us greater, a, a greater measure, a greater depth, Father God, of what you're doing. Let us, let us truly be one with you as your word says that we are God. We need more. And we're not ashamed to say it. 
We need more. We need you, God. We're nothing without you, Lord. We need you. We need your grace. We need your power. We need your, your, your ability to just come and saturate these vessels and fill us, oh God, that we would literally move about seeing and hearing and doing the beautiful, perfect will of God. So we thank you that you, for your grace, which is sufficient. We thank you, Lord God, for your saving grace. We thank you that no one is beyond the saving grace of the Lord. And we lift up those right now that you have put on our hearts, oh God. And even as Saul's name was changed to Paul, even as his life was completely transformed, where he was persecuting innocent Christians, pulling them out of their homes so that he could imprison them, even as he witnessed Stephen's death and consented to it, and didn't have a problem for this holy man of God to be stoned to death. Uh, how hard was his heart, but yet you still used him because you had a call in his life. So, Father, forgive us when we put limits on what we see because our lack of understanding gets in the way. Father, forgive us when we feel someone has gone too far They've gone too far. I don't think even the Lord could save them. If anyone has ever said those words, just say, Lord, forgive me. Because we do not want to ever say, I've gone so far. I don't think even the Lord could say, that is not true. Father, we thank you that those hard cases, those really difficult cases that seem like they're hopeless, Paul, Saul's situation seemed like it was pretty hopeless, but yet you made a Paul out of that Saul. And we decree Paul's coming out of Saul's. We decree that even in those that we pray for right now, that the Saul spirit dies and the spirit of Paul, bold and, and vibrant and, and ready to serve Jesus, comes upon them in the name of Jesus. Let every blinder right now be removed from their eyes right now, from their ears right now, from their hearts right now. Let every spirit of religion that has kept them bound from the truth of God's word be completely eradicated from their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Let every place that they thought they know the word of God because they studied it as a child and now they've turned from it because they say the Bible was written by men, therefore it's invalid. Let every lie fall to the ground right now and let the truth of God rise up. And Father, whatever you need to do, do it. Let the boldness of the Lord even now come upon them, Father, even as they've heard the word of God. I thank you for solidifying that which you have just poured out, oh God. I thank you, Lord God, more than enough. We have more than enough. We are more than enough because of Christ in us. You are more than enough. God has equipped you. He has prepared you. And when you don't know, you know the one who does. And you will go right to him. And he will put his words in your mouth. And he will tell you what to say. He will show you what to speak. He will literally direct your steps. And if he wants you to be silent, then you will have the discernment to be silent. But you will never stop praying. There is no need that God has not already taken care of. You're going to live on fire. 
You're going to declare the name of Jesus over your circumstances. You're not going to walk in fear. You're going to walk in faith. It's going to light a holy fire on the inside of you. And then you're going to burn from that place. Are you ready to say no to every assignment that's come against you? You may feel like you're going through too much. You may feel like I can't take another day. You may feel like this is going to destroy me. You may feel like my heart is going to break. But you will not be confused.